From Radio Cayman's newsroom, I'm April Cummings. The Pat government is committed to taking a sustainable approach to the social, environmental and economic development of our islands. Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton addresses attendees at the National Trust Conference Day as the Trust celebrates 35 years. Mr. Panton notes his government is the first in the islands to form a Ministry of Sustainability and Climate Resilience, but says it will take more than that to achieve the vision of Cayman being one of the most sustainable countries in the world. We know we cannot achieve our goals of sustainability and climate resiliency working alone. It takes collaboration and partnership. NGOs or non-governmental agencies such as the Trust play an integral role in our collective ability to achieve our broad national outcomes of sustainability and climate resiliency. Building on a 35-year-old legacy of action. The Premier took the opportunity to highlight recent efforts to facilitate the purchase and protection of land across the islands. His Excellency Governor Martin Roper also participated in the opening ceremony this morning, dialing in online from Government House where he is in isolation after contracting COVID. The Governor read a personal message to the Trust from His Royal Highness Prince Charles congratulating the organization on its work. I did just want to take this opportunity to send my heartfelt congratulations to the National Trust of the Cayman Islands as you celebrate your 35th anniversary. Cayman now has more than 700 estimated active cases of COVID-19 with four people in the hospital. It's been quite some time since we've seen active cases at this level. In the first COVID data released since before the holiday, public health reports an average of 50 cases a day up through the 18th. The Sister Islands reports nine new cases, leaving its total number of cases since the beginning of the pandemic to 687. Decisions are published from the Central Planning Authority's March 30th meeting. As Radio Cayman's Paula Cal reports, this included a massive hotel project in Beach Bay. The co-group's application for 39 apartments and a swimming pool on Ebanks Road off Watercourse Road in West Bay was adjourned pending additional submissions and revised plans. An application for a house addition was adjourned due to lack of attendance. However, conditional permission was given for the construction of a home on Windswept Drive. An application for a two-lot subdivision on Hinesway in South Sound was officially withdrawn. The CPA granted conditional approval to K&B LTD's application for a warehouse, storage and security office on Prospect Point Road. And finally, sister applications in Beach Bay. One, to enclose a breezeway, make internal amendments to residences layout and lower the site level. And two, for a seven-story, 22-apartment complex with three pools by St. James Point Holdings were given conditional approval. The CPA says in its written decision, it is of the view that there were no objections that raised sufficient grounds for refusing permission. Adding that objectors make a broad statement about environment impact, but this is, quote, not substantiated in any way. Therefore, the statement is irrelevant. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Paula Cow. It is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and government and NPOs are teaming up to spread awareness in an effort to stamp out this crime in the Cayman Islands. Our preliminary research thus far 
for the year indicates that we've had um, 16 instances of reported sexual assault. So it's a kind of trend in downward and it is a, a trend that we want to maintain in terms of protecting our vulnerable people, especially females, bearing in mind that a sexual assault can also be perpetrated on a male. Rural Cayman Islands Police Service Detective Inspector Anderson Taylor tells Radio Cayman those reports include rape, indecent assault, and attempted indecent assault. RCIPS's Mikhail Campbell says all this month the police service will be spreading messages of personal safety. So a lot of it will be crime prevention advice, and that goes for all aspects of crime from burglary, robberies, to personal safety, which sexual assault would fall under. So we will issue tips to the public in terms of things you can do to help yourself stay safe. And that's not meant to be a victim-blaming thing. It's more just um, empowering persons to kind of look out for themselves as much as possible. Charmaine Miller with the Family Resource Center says there is also a special seminar planned for later in the month. Knowledge is power, right? And so what we're going to be doing is increasing our appearances on different platforms. We've got a webinar scheduled to take place at the end of um, this month, and it will touch on aspects of sexual assault awareness. And so I'm encouraging listeners to certainly look out for that. It'll be published on several of our social media platforms. Sexual Assault Awareness Month is an annual campaign to raise public awareness about sexual assault and educate communities and individuals on how to prevent sexual violence. No significant issues found during a one-day thematic visit to Creek and Spot Bay Primary by the team at the Office of Education Standards. As Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports, the visit is a quick makeup after full inspections were postponed last year due to COVID. Inspectors visited Creek and Spot Bay Primary on March 16th, noticing several things. Across both campuses, there was a clear emphasis on healthy lifestyles, with staff and students fully adhering to health protocols. Students' average attendance throughout the pandemic was in the mid-90s. As a consequence, in the Increase in community transfer in the BRAC, attendance has been trending downward since January, with the biggest dip in attendance since the current school year recorded in February. A number of interns were contracted by district administration, providing valuable support to class teachers, supporting one-on-one and small group interventions. The pastoral team, quote, expertly coordinated care and support for students with additional learning needs. And although the team had worked beneficially to evaluate provision and adapt support for students, the special needs education coordinator indicated challenges regarding the provision of occupational therapy remotely for students, particularly during the first COVID lockdown. Reportedly, that prolonged period without regular support had, quote, negatively impacted the progress of some students. The loss of specialists during the pandemic also impacted support for other students. Learning support plans were available, though, and clear targets have been set and regularly reviewed. School leaders reported that the results of assessment tests in December indicated that despite the pandemic, a majority of students had continued to progress in their learning with a minority performing above expected standards. Survey responses from students, teachers, and parents all confirmed that the school maintained regular communication through newsletters, emails, phone calls, WhatsApp, and online meetings. Going forward, there are some COVID strategies the school intends to keep, continued emphasis on healthy lifestyles and good hygiene, accessibility and relationship building, online meetings, blended learning, and wellness checks for staff and students. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. You can find the full letter along with other school visit reports online at oes.gov.ky. A new threat to the long-spined sea urchin is prompting swift action. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens reports. 
The region-wide effort is called the Diademan Response Network, with high mortality rates pouring in from St. Thomas USVI in early February, Jamaica in early March, and Mexico, Dominica, and St. Vincent in the past few weeks. They formed to investigate the cause of the urchin deaths. Deputy Director of the Department of Environment, Tim Austin. Sadly, it seems once again that our long-spined sea urchins are facing threats from an emerging disease. As a herbivorous species that grazes on algae, urchins are vitally important to the health of our local coral reefs. An unknown disease in the early 80s wiped out nearly 95% of the long-spined urchin populations in the Caribbean, including those around Cayman. Recovery has been very slow, but they were making an important comeback, which unfortunately now looks in jeopardy as this new disease spreads its way through the region. The way to identify a sick or dead urchin is it may be unable to attach by their feet. It may be seen floating and have lost spine movement. A dead urchin may have the skeleton exposed with the loss of spines. Thankfully, the disease has not yet been reported in Cayman, but we are asking the diving and snorkeling public to remain vigilant and report any sightings of urchins in distress to the Department of Environment. After witnessing how quickly stony coral tissue loss disease spread around Grand Cayman in a little over a year, the DOE doesn't want to take any chances with this new disease lurking. That's why they are encouraging divers, snorkelers, boaters, fishers and beach walkers to download the EpiCollect app, Urchin Health Cayman, to submit reports quickly and efficiently to the DOE. The public may also WhatsApp or text a report to 9260680 or email coral at gov.ky. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. You can also WhatsApp or text a report to 9260680 or email coral at gov.ky. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. Cayman swimmers continued to collect medals at Crypto Aquatics 2022. Radio Cayman's April Cummings says the day three results. Monday saw the group moved into the relay portion of the third evening at the 35th Carifta Swimming Championship in Barbados. After watching the Cayman relay team of Sofia Benati, Sierra Broadbelt, Tegan Nash, and Lila Higa win a silver medal in the 4x200 freestyle relay, the 15- to 17-year-old team of Harper Barrowman, Catherine Lambert-Rag, Jillian Crooks, and Kira Rabis powered their way to a new record time of 8.42.17. The 15- to 17-year-old boys team, consisting of James Allison, Stefano Bonatti, Corey Frederick Westerberg, and Will Sellers, grabbed the bronze in their division. The team of Dominic Hilton, Danny Kish, Dominic Gunn, and Finn Ellison swam well, but just missed the podium with their fourth-place finish in the 13- to 14-year-old relay. Earlier in the evening, Cayman swimmers continued to pile up individual medals. Lola Howarth added gold in the 1,500-meter freestyle 13-14 to 14 age group, while Barrowman and Veronica Fankina won silver and bronze in the 15- to 17-year-old division. Crooks and Higo added gold in their respective 100-meter freestyle finals. On multiple occasions Monday evening, Cayman swimmers were able to share the podium with teammates. Lila and Sierra went 1-2 and two in the 200-meter IM. Coco McGrath won gold, while Lasagna Osborne grabbed bronze in the 50-meter breaststroke. And Broadbelt and Nash secured gold and bronze in their 200-meter butterfly final, immediately after Luke Higo fought to win the silver in his. April Cummings, Radio Cayman Sports. Cayman swimmers earned more than 40 medals in three days of competition. Over at the Carifta Games Track and Field Championships. And on her inside, Jaden Francis of the Cayman Islands goes in lane number two. 
Mays of the Cayman Islands running well inside to Bermuda's Toka as well. Cayman didn't fare quite as well as the swimmers, but did finish in ninth place overall on the medal table. On day one in the under-17 girls shot put, both Michaela Brown and Cameron Porter made it to the finals, where they finished seventh and eighth respectively. In the under-20 boys finals of the 100 meter, Jaden Reed was unlucky to miss out on the medals as he finished close up fourth in a time of 10.53. Cayman girls under 20, Yanelli Dawkins made it to the final eight with a toss of 28.33, earning her an eighth place finish in her sport. Andrew Stone closed out day one for Cayman with a medal winning performance in the under 17 long jump. He battled the two Jamaican favorites in the competition for six rounds of fine jumping and emerged at the end with a winning leap of six meters and his country's first gold medal at the championships. On day two, gold medal winner Stone started the Cayman medal cart rolling in the under 17 boys high jump. A personal best of two meters saw him secure the silver medal for the event. Darrell Mays followed in the under 17 boys 200 meter with a personal best of 22.85 to secure his place in the finals. Cayman pride was further ignited by Jaden Reed who stormed his way into the finals with a time of 21.64. In the under 17 boys four by 100 meter finals team Cayman of Rashawn Robbins, Jacob Ebanks, Ty Goddard and Gerald Mays blazed around the track in a time of 43.40 to pick up the bronze medal. In the under-20 boys 4x100-meter, Jaden Reed, Jamar Ellis, Alex Gordon, and Devontae Howell stormed around the Oval to secure bronze as well with a time of 40.72. Day 3 on Monday saw many finals. Jaden Francis finished 4th in the girls' 17-19 800-meter run. Ashante Graham took 4th in the girls' 17-19 long jump. Jade Wright ended in 6th place in the girls' under-17 javelin. Gerald Mays finished 8th in the finals with the boys' under-17 200-meter dash. And Jaden Reed snagged the sixth spot in the 17 to 19 200 meter dash. By the end of day three, Cayman finished three days of track and field competition with one gold, two silver, and two bronze medals. That's your latest local sports.